Welcome to the Blur and Blend Marketing Podcast. Hear how marketing professionals worldwide are navigating in the blur of today's challenging consumer marketplace as they blend new age strategies and partnerships that create marketing success. Here's your host for the B&B, marketing professional and global educator, Trish Rubin. Hello, welcome to Blur and Blend Marketing where I invite my most interesting industry contacts and friends, people who work in marketing, branding, PR, data, and communications, design, I invite them to share their guiding story for you because we're going on a journey. We take a virtual journey, and during this cyber journey, you hear about the hindsight the insight and the foresight that comes to top of mind for my guests. You'll learn a lot and we do laugh a lot too. So today I introduce you to a colleague and friend I've known for quite a while. Sue Phillips is the CEO of Centerprises and she has always been a leader and expert in the fragrance industry. I most recently reconnected with her during our COVID shutdown. She was launching a book. It's amazing. She's launching a book during COVID. And her book is called The Power of Perfume, How to Choose It, Wear It, and Enjoy It. So I was inspired just by the fact that anyone could tough it out at such a hard time and take a journey into publishing, I had to share her with my students in one of my courses. She spoke to a group of students who were supposed to be at Baruch College, but COVID had gotten in the way. So we know there's a lot of challenge still out there. I wanted them to meet Sue because of the work she does, because of her history, and because she's written a most fascinating book. And I'll let her also tell you why I I. I found I needed to speak to her. When she gives us the story of what's happening today, you'll really understand why it's so important for us to listen to her and to follow her story into the next phase. So welcome, Sue, to Blur and Blend Marketing. Hi, Trish. It's so lovely to to be with you. And thank you for inviting me to be on your wonderful podcast. And it's so great to reconnect with you. Thank you so much. My pleasure, and the timing is so perfect. We are uh, in a very hot day in New York, so if we were actually going on a ride, it would be really hard. We'd have to crank the air conditioner up. So if you've listened to the podcast before, you know I always wait till the end to ask my guest who's behind the wheel, tell me your favorite color, and is that the car we've been riding in? What does it look like? I've gotten some great answers from people, and it really reveals something special about the guest. After we have heard the story, we usually hear a little more. Just through that question, it's a good question I'm learning. (laughs) So, Sue, we're getting in the car, and you're going to be behind the wheel. And when I drive, I've been taught a long time ago by my father uh, to adjust the rearview mirror. And by adjusting the rearview mirror, it gives us a chance to look behind us, make sure that we have seen what's gone on 
in uh, in the space behind us. So I set up the podcast as a journey, and the first thing we're going to hear from our guest is what's in the rear view mirror, Sue, when you sit behind the wheel. Tell us about what's going on before this time. Well, I'm happy to take this journey with you. And as I look in the rear view mirror, <clears throat> I see a little girl growing up in South Africa at 10 years old, loving different smells. And when my mom would go out at night, her fragrance would linger in the air. So I probably always had an affinity for fragrance. The other image that I see is that this little girl of 10 loved to talk to people and landed up in her first Broadway-type play in Johannesburg, South Africa, called Roar Like a Dove. It was an English comedy, and they needed a little 10-year-old girl. And I auditioned for the part because my mother knew the producer, and they, she said, I think Sue would be perfect for this part. Please bring her on. So I auditioned, and that was actually my first introduction to theater. So here I am looking in this mirror, and I'm sitting here in New York City, looking in hindsight, saying, what motivated me to come to New York and how did this little girl of 10 who was an actress and who loved fragrance suddenly leave, you know, that part of her life. And suddenly I'm here in New York, basically doing the same thing involved with fragrance and talking to people and acting. So it's been an amazing journey and who would have thought, right? That That's a wonderful way to, Give us that full circle of here. All of those things that were important uh, touchstones for you have come to fruition for you as an adult. And the the journey that that little girl took uh, into adulthood, she hung on to fragrance. So tell us about that. How did she hang on to that? And that actually that that personality too of acting as well. Well. Um, we used to um, we used to go uh, when I was in sort of the last year. I, I can't remember if it's, it's high school or what the grade would be relative to America. But the last year of high school, we used to take these trips, uh, school trips, and one of the trips was to the game reserve. And um, it's it, they're wonderful trips, and you get up early in the morning, four or five in the morning. You take these amazing trips into the wild, into the wild bush, and you actually get to see lions and you get to see elephant and buck and all kinds of amazing animals early in the morning when they're just sort of waking up and they're going to the watering hole. And then when the sun comes out, we go back to the, to the ranch or back to the, um, the, uh, the reserve and have breakfast and so on. But the early morning aromas for me were wow. just incredible. And what really I remember was getting up early in the morning at four or five o'clock in the morning, and then we would go out in the um, in the Land Rover, and I would smell those early morning smells from the hot baking earth from the day before, now being cooled by the dew and the fresh green sort of grass, and this confluence and um, the 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 
opposites of the hot red earth that was being scorched from the sun from the day before, now being cooled by the fresh cut crisp green dewdrops. I will never forget that. And um, those are the memories. So those aromas stay with me. And um, I think I've always had an affinity for aroma because I also, at 12 years old, um, at high school, um, well, in one of my school holidays, I applied for a school job, a vacation job, selling fragrance behind the counter. And this was at a store in Johannesburg called the Belfast. It was like Bloomingdale's. And I landed up working behind the counter for my school vacation. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it feels to me quite special. Like, I wouldn't... One day... I was reaching for a fragrance and I reached into the cupboard for the fragrance and I pulled it out and it fell from my hands and it dropped on the floor. And I was mortified because it was so expensive. At that time, it was about 125 rand, which is more money than I had ever seen, actually. <laughs> and um, But the interesting thing is that the fragrance started to diffuse in the air because it actually dropped on the floor. And so the women walking past the counter were able to smell the fragrance that was diffusing. They said, what is that fragrance? And so I was able to tell. So out of a terrible tragedy of dropping the fragrance, uh-huh. I saw the fragrance that day. And I was, you know, when I went to the department manager, I said, I'm so sorry I dropped so much fragrance. And, I, and she said, Sue, you won't believe this. Uh, we sold more fragrance. So it shows that um, fragrance diffusion really works. <laughs> that is a great story. Oh, and I, oh. It's absolutely true, I promise you. <laughs> that's that's amazing. And it's a, a, just the way that it reflects what's in your book when you talk so much about those um, connections, that you have memories that deal with fragrance, which you have many. And when you spoke in my class, you asked the students about the, fra- the fragrances that they recalled. And and all, many of them, you know, were talking um, about the things that of their youth and what they remember. And they're still young, you know, but they remember those early times. So the power of that is, is, is so real. And in your book, I mean, I think that's a great part of it is really explaining the power. And so I, I think I, I'd like to look have you actually take us on the journey? We've heard a little bit about the rearview mirror. What what insights have you accumulated now from the time of becoming an adult and and making your way in the fragrance fragrance industry uh, that had has led you to create this story for yourself the the power of perfume? So when I came to America. Uh, it was actually to my brother was living here and I'd always wanted to be an actress and I had gone to London and went to RADA, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, one holiday uh, and I spent, took a few courses there. So I had the acting bug. So I then decided because my brother was living here and I had come to New York and I loved New York and I just traveled around America and said, this is it, I would like to come here. So uh, now I'm living in New York and I went to see an immigration attorney and I told him that I wanted to be an actress and I had to apply for a green card. And he said, well, uh, forget it. There are thousands of out of work actresses, actresses. We don't need another one. But he said, 
because you're good in front of people and you can speak in front of people, uh, there might be an opportunity. And eventually I got my green card and went to a headhunter and they thought I'd be very good in training in the cosmetics industry. And when I started to look for a job after the immigration attorney and after I'd uh, received my green card, I actually got three job offers in one week. One was to work at a bank and, you know, I went on the interview and I liked the guy, but, uh, and he thought I was very entrepreneurial, but I didn't think banking was for me. And the second one was to work in uh, fashion at Pierre Cardin. Uh, and I didn't really feel that, um, you know, growing up in South Africa at that time that I was very well aware of fashion. So that wasn't really for me. But the third job was to work at Elizabeth Arden and ultimately to be the national training director. And I thought there was a great synergy between theater and cosmetics. And so my whole sort of career was a trajectory from theater into fragrance and it was fragrance training. So in a way, standing in front of people and being able to teach and train and to inspire and give knowledge to the people behind the counter who were selling the beautiful perfumes that Elizabeth Arden was distributing was in fact like a performance. So I've always felt that, you know, whatever you say and however you project yourself, you are basically on stage and people are looking at you and they're either inspired by you or they're motivated by you. And so that was really the the insights that I had that I wanted to stay in theater, but it was so difficult because you had to become a member of the unions and it was just very, very competitive. But I love the idea of taking that skill and being able to basically, you know, put a, um, a, a spin on it for the cosmetics industry. And that's how I started in the cosmetic industry. And I was at Elizabeth Arden in training and then product development and marketing. And then Lancome hired me as marketing director for fragrance and men's skincare. And then I was um, basically hired or recruited by a headhunter to become vice president of marketing for Tiffany and company. Mm. And I basically spearheaded and launched and created the Tiffany perfume. So the hindsight is if you'd have told that little girl of 10 years old in South <laughs> Africa, that she would one day be vice president of marketing at Tiffany and company and launching a Tiffany fragrance for the 150th anniversary in New York city. She would have said no way. And that has been an amazing journey for me. And I'm, I, I'm so excited and thrilled and, you know, I kind of, a little bit nonplussed to think that that was me then and this is me now. <laughs> yes, yeah, but I, I love how you were able to pull together many different aspects of who you were and and just use those, keep raising the level for yourself as as you went along. So very authentic, and that's what marketers are about too, authenticity. Uh, I'd like to ask you more like a, an industry question because you brought up such just great the history, your story, and the insights that you're getting that you're giving us are wonderful. Uh, how about an insight into into the industry of fragrance? What what's where's it? Where has it been? What's what's happening now uh, that you feel is um, is important for people who are in marketing or 
branding to understand what's going on with fragrance now? Well, fragrance is our well, our sense of smell, our olfactory sense, is our most powerful. Of all the five senses, studies have been researched and proven, and Martin Lindstrom in his book Brand Sense has really um, identified and analyzed the different senses. And our strongest sense is our sense of sight, our eyesight. But the most powerful is our sense of smell because it connects to memory and emotion and it also connects to taste. And what happens is, and I've had an epiphany in the last few weeks because, and I will get to the uh, the foresight in a minute, but the whole idea of fragrance, people take for granted. And, you know, the fragrance industry I do a whole talk about fragrance through the decades and how fragrance started in the sort of modern-day perfumery. You know, fragrance can go back to ancient Egypt and, and, and the ancients where fragrance was used for religious ceremonies. Um, and then through the ages and through the decades and through the centuries, uh, it has been used in various religious ceremonies. It's been used um, for romance and so on. And different... Uh, cultures used fragrance for different purposes. For instance, in the 13th century, they would use galbanum in these lovely incense holders and they would sway the incense holders backwards and forwards in the churches in order to have repent sinners come back to the church and repent. So fragrances were used in religious ceremonies. I mean, I'm and way back in the early days, you know, in the, in the, the Egyptians and pharaohs and Cleopatra. So it, it's 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 been around for centuries. And in the sort of modern day area, uh, modern day era of fragrance in the last say a hundred years, say, from the time Chanel was created, Chanel number no. five, you've had designers, you've had celebrities really creating fragrances. And at some point, just around 2000 and 2010, there were so many fragrances being created by celebrities and designers and up to 25 and 30 fragrances. And suddenly there was a little bit of a backlash because consumers were getting very confused. And so what happened was there was a whole interest and intrigue in customization. So what's happened to fragrance now is that people are reflecting who they are. And I think this is also as an outgrowth of social media because everybody's on social media. Everybody's taking selfies on Instagram and you know, doing TikTok and all these different platforms. And I think there's been an interesting correlation between reflecting who you are on social media and now being able to reflect who you are through your own custom fragrance. And so yeah. people are saying, you know what, why should I wear what everybody else wears? I'm my own brand. I have my own platform. I have Instagram, TikTok, all these different. Yes. So why not become your own brand and then have your own fragrance? So it's gone all the way from centuries ago of religious, you know, having fragrance in religious to celebrities, designers, and now people are really understanding the power and the beauty of fragrance to reflect who they are. I love that. And before we move to, into foresight, you you do that on a day-to-day -day basis. Tell tell us a little bit about how you're able to do that because I'm going tomorrow myself and to see this uh, in action. So how how 
how do you do this for people? What do you find when you, you create a fragrance for someone? Well, the term bespoke is basically a British term, and that was really um, in regard to British tailoring, clothing, and it was really applicable to men, men's clothing, and then it became known for women too. And bespoke or custom tailoring was really the domain of very, very wealthy people or royalty who were able to spend thousands and thousands of pounds at the time on having their own clothes custom made. Well, when I left Tiffany and Company um, to have my daughter and then I started creating fragrances and I was consulting, uh, in 2008 when the economy crashed, uh, I had to really rethink things and reinvent my situation in terms of fragrance. And I thought, well, why not think about customization for fragrances? And I started to put together a series of beautiful perfumes because by now I'd understood fragrance. I had learned about it. I became a fragrance expert. And so I took my years of experience in the field and put together this initiative of custom fragrances. And so many people contacted me and they said, uh, Sue, what are you doing? Tupperware parties for perfume? And they laughed. And 10 years later, you know, customization is one of the hottest trends. And so, yeah. um, so what I did was I made it affordable because custom fragrances with very big um, um, uh, custom fragrances, Literally, if you had to start from scratch, it can cost thousands and thousands of dollars and take you know months, years sometimes. So what yeah. I wanted to do was to make it affordable and you know uh, not not so lengthy, but make yeah, it fun accessible, yeah, accessible, accessible and entertaining. So that's what I do. I create entertaining events and basically. Um, I came up with a scent personality quiz that helps people determine their olfactive preferences. And then I take them on a fragrance journey. And basically people, you know, try the fragrances, try the blends, and then they select the ones that they want. And so what's really fun and what's so amazing is when people identify a fragrance that they like, and if, they're, if they want to combine two or three or four of my blends, to really come up with something very customized, suddenly their eyes light up and it's this incredible connection between pleasure and joy and delight and the olfactory system and the limbic system all coming yeah. together to create this incredible experience. And so that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years, basically creating custom fragrances for men and women. We do corporate events. We do team building events, and uh, it's been amazing. I've had many, many celebrities: uh, Jamie Fox, Katie Holmes, Zendaya, Susan Sarandon. Uh, nice. I made a fragrance for uh, Marsha Gay Harden, the late Cicely Tyson. So they find me; these uh, celebrities find me. They want a fragrance too. <laughs> well, I'll, I'm very excited because tomorrow, I in my mind, I'm I'm coming to 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 get my own, to buy my own. And Sue had asked me what, you know, what did I want? What do I want to do? And she has a scent that I was able to uh, enjoy at her book launch and it's called fresh. And now that you're talking, I'm thinking, well, maybe I don't want fresh. Maybe I want fresh and something else. So it can be for me. So I absolutely love that, um, that, and, 
And now I can say, well, I can, you know, join Katie Holmes and have my own particular rat. <laughs> yeah. What a Trish R. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there. I love it. <laughs> Great. So we're coming now to the end of the journey, but it's really not the end. As I'm speaking to you, I'd like you to, to tell us what's coming for you. And it's very exciting. Um, what has happened that they, out of the pandemic too, that, uh, you know, that you see coming at you and almost like a tsunami of attention you've been getting. Tell us what's coming next for you. Well, the, what's coming next and what, what has been happening, I would say in the last month and a half or two months is it really has been like a tsunami and it's incredibly exciting and um, powerful. So what happened was um, one of the TV stations wanted to do an interview with me because of my book. And I thought that was great. And then they called and they said, well, we'd like to put a little bit more meat on the bone. And you know, what are your thoughts about people who've lost their sense of smell through COVID? And I said, well, it's pretty tragic. It's terrible because of the very fact that I told you in the beginning, our most powerful sense is our sense of smell. And they brought somebody in who I didn't know and who'd been what they call a long hauler. She'd lost her sense of smell for 13 months. And she was, you know, really devastated and very depressed. And her life had changed radically because she wasn't able to enjoy what the pleasures of fragrance and food are because she had lost her sense of taste as well. And I just said to her, look, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but I do know the power of fragrance. And so I'd like her to come in and I would show her my perfume blends and we'd see what happens. And I took her what, um, what I call a fragrance journey. And in this instance, it became a scent healing journey. And she went through the different blends. I have 18 of them. And towards the 12th or the 13th, she suddenly stopped and she said, I can smell something. Gosh. And she got so emotional and it was absolutely powerful. And it was really amazing. She said, what I'm smelling is something beautiful for the first time in 13 months. Oh. So <laughs> the, the cameraman got emotional. I got emotional. Everybody was crying. <laughs> Wonderful. Because it was so amazing. And so, that was aired, that was NBC. Well, the next day, um, Inside Edition saw it, the New York Post, People Magazine, and uh, ABC. And, and what's happened is because of her story, many, many people who've suffered from anosmia through COVID have now contacted me and have, uh, I've actually met with many, many of them. And I've done Zoom sessions for people who can't come into New York. And so what's happened now is I feel so excited and privileged and fortunate to be able to help people just through the power of fragrance. Again, I say to people, I'm not a doctor, but what I'm teaching people to do, Trish, is to smell with their brain. Ah, wow. You know, the, the, the insight that I had also is that from the second we're born, we smell. Nobody teaches us how to smell. As an infant, you can actually recognize your mother just through your olfactory system. And throughout our lives, we smell, we take it for granted, we breathe automatically, we smell automatically, and then one day you stop smelling and you realize how 
you know, limited your life has become. And so that's what's really happening now. It's, it's really wonderful that I've been able to help people. And again, uh, I've had maybe 35 people just in the last month who've contacted me, who've said they wanted to come in and some people I've done on Zoom. And so this seems to be something that a lot of people really want. And they really are very excited and very emotional when they can smell. And I've had a 94.5% success rate just in the last month and a half, which is pretty amazing. It's so exciting. And something that we've all been, you know, going through is just lack of good news over the last 14 months. And when you hear something like this and you think about that woman and people just getting emotional, it means a lot. I mean, I, I, I had a brief experience. I only lost t- taste and smell for about five days I had a very almost um, asymptomatic case of COVID, uh, but I did lose that. And it was shocking to me, even though I realized what was happening and just wondering, is this going to come back? And you're so right. It's just, you know, it's such a a powerful, powerful part of life that we take for granted. And so um, that is so true. And I'm I know I'm so excited for you. I turned on the television last week and I saw the, inside edition come up again and saw that piece. And I was like, wow, there, look at the work that you're doing. So I feel that listeners should definitely get out on the internet, definitely see. And as we're kind of ending the conversation, uh, where do they, where would the best place be for them to go? I know you're very active on LinkedIn, um, on is it YouTube too, is Clubhouse. I know you've got, we're uh, doing. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, um, my company is Centerprises. So on my website, uh, Centerprises, like Cent and Enterprises. Uh, I also have a SuePhillips.com website. And on social media, I'm on Instagram, Centfully Sue, Centerprises. I have so many, it's ridiculous. Centerprises, Centfully Sue. All we have to do is, I would just Google Sue Phillips. It comes right up. I just talk right up there. You'll find me, and I and now one one of the uh, one of the newscasts uh, news uh, 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 anchors said, "Well, you know, she's the smell healer." I said, hmm, "I don't really know if I want to be the smell healer, I'm the scent healer." And then I said, "Hey, how about the scent whisperer?" So now I'm the scent whisperer. <laughs> Very, I like the scent whisperer. I, I think too. that's terrific for you. So I always ask my guests, "So what color car were you driving as we had our cyber journey?" Did that tell us a little bit about you? What's your favorite color? And- okay, my favorite color is definitely in the shade of purple. Uh, purple and I don't think a purple car would be terrific but maybe a shade of purple but uh, yeah. purple because it's bold it's powerful it it has um, for me a synergy with uh, something royal and something very regal um, and I think that it also has some magical properties it makes you feel uh, very special and so I have a lot of purple in my perfume studio I have perfume vases and perfume sachets and perfume everywhere you look (laughs) I'll try to wear some purple tomorrow I don't know if I have any but I will look (laughs) that's all right that's okay oh Sue thank you so much for this lovely journey that we've been on I've just enjoyed I've, I've seen I have to say I was at the honor and privilege of going to my first face to face 
event, networking, gathering for Sue's uh, book signing on the east side of New York a few weeks back. And it felt like a dream to be back in that mode. So I'm so looking forward to coming to see um, you tomorrow, bringing one of my students with me from our class. Naomi is coming and she's excited as well. And we'll see. I think I'll get the, I'll have to have your, your uh, personalized uh, version of fresh for me. Maybe that's it. (laughs) You know, I just wanted to say that uh, it was so lovely seeing you and I'm so thrilled you came to the book signing. It was great to see you and everybody, you know, we were outside, so we didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, the social Yes, distancing. People did wear masks. But I would just like to um, let you know that the Good Morning America segment is going to be aired on July the 5th. So there's time to let people know about that. Sure. Well, I will put that in the show notes. And when when we promote it on Instagram, we'll say Good Morning America on July 5th. That's where we'll be. So we'll help to to promote you. And the last thing I want to say to people is honor your sense of smell because when it's taken away from you, it's devastating. And so enjoy going to the supermarket, enjoy picking up those beautiful grapefruits and lemons and limes and really smelling them and inhaling them and enjoying beautiful flowers. So um, thank you so much, Trish. This has been great. Oh, well, take time to smell the flowers with you, Sue, any day. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this wonderful podcast and go to any of those channels and, and learn more about what Sue's doing and follow her. It is a tsunami and um, it's wonderful to watch her ride the wave. <laughs> have, a, have a good, have a good evening, uh, Sue. And for the rest of you, have a good day. And thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.